1: You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it.
2: Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly.
0: eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, soul and logo is checked by experts
1: with ebay authenticity guarantee you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach
2: Ensure your next purchase is the real deal visit ebay.com for terms
3: at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower
0: I Suck at Dating, with Dean Unglert and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. It is myself, Dean, and we are still joined by Anna, who is graciously coming back on for a second podcast. And we have two very wonderful guests from the podcast, Shrink Chicks. It is Emily and Jen. Emily and Jen, how the hell are you?
3: you know what we're we're great we have a really good visual we got babies we got dogs here this is going to be a wonderful episode um but we're psyched to be here we're two licensed marriage and family therapists and sex therapists and we love helping people get a little bit better at dating and relationships even if it's just a little bit just an inch you
1: could could help us suck a little bit less we've been trying for years and trust me it still is uh we're not going anywhere
3: Okay, well, we'll make one inch of progress today for everyone listening. This podcast. We're not looking for miracles, but a little, a little, a little becomes a lot.
1: <laughs> okay, that's a promise. We're going to hold you to that one inch. That's all we need. Um, it's great to have you guys here. It's nice you guys are your, your presence on the podcast is it's, it's it's very obvious. You guys are really good uh, podcasting presences.
3: Uh, it, it t- I have <laughs> to say, it took us some time. Yeah. <laughs> is that, does that it's, just mean we have a face for radio like isn't that a thing you say you're like you want to know what these girls these girls just say but i will say this we talk for a living spend every day helping wonderful people improve their lives and relationships that's what we specialize in and one of the cool things about podcasting is a lot of people are freaked out by therapy so why not make this information totally accessible let's not gatekeep this let's help everyone move a little bit farther along and normalize it normalize it hells yeah make it more relatable
0: did you guys are you guys friends that are both therapists or are you therapists that became friends Is that if that makes sense we
4: met in grad school we met in grad school so as we were becoming therapists we were also becoming friends
0: so why did you want to become a therapist
4: um you know i think there's a bunch of reasons we were i personally was always the friend that everyone went to it came really naturally for me Um, went to therapy at a very young age, had an amazing therapist, and then had some other therapy experiences that weren't so
3: great. Um, So it's just something that I think was really natural for the both of us. I'm a spiteful human. I went to a (laughs) bunch of therapists that I hated and I said, I could do this better. And that is basically how... But I think in general, we were always very interested in how relationships worked in, you know, dating ourselves. I was someone who desperately wanted to be loved, desperately wanted to be in relationships and was always desperately and needy about it. And so I think by trying to figure out our own, it was really helpful to look at other people's and go along the journey because we believe that you can only take your clients as far as you're willing to go yourself.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I noticed you guys at the beginning, you said you're not you you started the podcast because you didn't want to gatekeep any information that you have, which I think is great. Um, My question for you is, have you noticed like a paradigm shift uh, towards like the destigmatization of therapy? Because I feel like a lot more people are talking about it a lot more people are open about going to it. Um, Have you guys noticed that within the profession at all?
3: a thousand percent it's yeah. like the cool thing to do now is yeah, go to it therapy really it's and like, like oh, a general Zer. my therapist said right i mean there's all these things i think that there was a really great meme going around that said like baby boomers would be like "Well, my therapist said and like you know millennials and gen z are like let me tell you about this my therapist said so yeah. like it's just a difference in generational about like accepting help and knowing that we don't have to be experts and everything and i think also for a long time especially couples therapy it was done as a punishment if we don't figure this out, I'm going to make us go see a couples therapist. Mm. But the thing is, couples therapy shouldn't be about a discipline or punishment. It should be about because, like, we want this to be really awesome. And also because we have this next generation of people, we also don't want to screw up. A lot of us, our parents should have been in therapy, they just okay. should have. And for many of us, yes. we say this, if uh, if the generation above us had done the work, we wouldn't have had to do so much. So for many of us, especially that are becoming parents as well now, we want it to be different for the next generation. And I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you guys want to know what one of my biggest pet peeves is? One of, the, yeah. one of the things that gives me the biggest ick, uh, if Tell you us. will, is when uh, I'm sure every one of us can attest this to Anna and Jared specifically, because, uh, you know, you put yourself out in the public eye and people feel like they have uh, an obligation to tell you a bunch of things. My biggest pet peeve is when someone says, Oh, you need therapy. And it it, the reason it makes me so angry is because not that they're wrong, because I think everyone could benefit from therapy. But what they're basically saying is, Hey, there's something really wrong with you. And I think you'd benefit by going to see a therapist about it where it's like, okay, like, are you saying that I don't know. Just something about it really just irks me so much. It's a threat.
4: It stigmatizes. Exactly. So it's all right. It absolutely stigmatizes therapy because in the end, we could all benefit from therapy. Right. And, And I think that that's that's part of the issue is that we say you have to be in such a horrible place to go to therapy. Yeah. As opposed to like, no, we're all human beings. Like there are all things that we struggle with. And it can be beneficial for everyone, and so I think that that's that it almost adds to the stigmatization of therapy by saying that.
3: And I think one of these we you know we work with lots of people have put their lives out for the world to see in some ways, and people think because you consent to a certain part, it means you can consent to the terrorizing you experience on social media, which I do not agree with. Just because somebody chooses to share parts of themselves with you does not mean that I owe you everything and that goes back to a larger conversation about like parasocial relationships and like what I owe to you because I choose to put myself out there which is
4: actually I owe you nothing and and you're all only right the world is only seeing a certain part of you they're not seeing all aspects of you and so I think it can be so polarizing for people right they're only seeing this one specific part that's like entertaining for people as opposed to like here's my whole backstory here's everything that has gone on that has led up to this point point which is where empathy really develops is our ability to see the whole aspect the entire context that we grew up in and what has led us to this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine.
1: True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard.
2: The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight and honestly, the answer is yes. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.
5: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away.
1: so for you guys what uh what do you find people coming to you most in terms of like what they're looking for for help with is it uh relationship stuff is it personal stuff is it like child driven stuff do you guys notice like a trend in terms of anything like that
3: okay i will say we've noticed a very big trend when we started when we started being couples therapists 10 years ago people were always coming in as a last ditch effort I'm about to get divorced. Mm. I'm about to walk out. This is, people will call up. I mean, I can't even tell you how often we get phone calls that say, we're calling up as a last-ditch effort. Well, if, uh, there's not much I can do when you've already called the lawyer. I gotta tell you that. When you have already like They're already out. Yes, you're already out. So 10 years ago, it was last-ditch effort for couples therapy. Now it's, hey, I've heard other people that couples therapy changed their life. I have heard that I want to be better. So I think now it's much more about growth and compassionate curiosity about your partner i think on an individual level a lot of it is i do not want to be like my parents (laughs) i don't want to make the same thing i don't want to make the same decisions they did and whether i am going down the same path or i realize that i'm overcorrecting and trying so hard to not be my parents i'm going the other way i think it's really about like the personal growth aspect but honestly in the past decade we've seen a massive change yeah and i think it often happens when people are at these like transitional points
4: in their lives Right, like if they're going from graduating college into the workforce, if they're getting into a relationship, if they're planning on getting married, if they just had kids, if they're struggling to have kids, right? Like that, there's all these really uh, these pain points in transitions that can be really hard. Um, So, is it one specific thing? I would say no, but it touches. It ends up. People might come in and say, "Oh, like I have this one specific thing I have to talk about in my relationship." It ends up going into deeper childhood stuff, right? Even if they're coming in for one specific thing. It ends up getting deeper, um, yeah. even if that's not what they came in for.
1: Right. That makes sense. I, yeah. uh, Caitlin and I have been to couples therapy a couple times, and it's always when we're like in the middle of an argument and we're like, this will help us. But right. in reality, we should be going to couples therapy even when things are going well. So exactly, that's we, we talk, work on.
4: We talk about it in terms of maintenance. Um, and it's the same kind of thing that people will say, oh, they're going to couples therapy. Like things must be really bad. As opposed to, no, relationships are just horrible. They are Mm -hmm. so complicated. You're both bringing in from your childhood into your relationship. And we trigger the the biggest pain points with each other within our relationships. And so as opposed to it being, oh, they go to couples therapy, it must be so bad. No, like it's actually just important maintenance to do in your relationship.
1: Also, I think it's really cool. It's like I care enough about this relationship to, you know, kind of do whatever I have to do to make it work. I think it's I think it's
4: at what point
6: in a relationship do you think it's good then to go because if you're sitting pretty, you're not really thinking about doing it. But is there like a certain mark like seven months, eight months or like Mm -hmm. when you're talking about moving in? Or what would you say would be a good time (laughs) stamp?
3: Okay, so statistically, we know that people go into couples therapy seven years after it's first brought up. So the first time it's mentioned is when you go. Mm. Obviously, the therapeutic response, because we're couples therapists, right. is like, you should be going all the time. Preventative as medicine. soon as you meet someone. It's expensive. <laughs> That's not realistic. That's not going to happen. But the first time somebody says we should do this, is when you should do it. Because so often it gets brought up once, it gets brought up twice, it gets brought up, we call, make the appointment that we never actually show up, right? All of those things is what keeps these, we talk about it in terms of like, if you think about a crack on the sidewalk, right? If it's not repaired, it's gonna keep getting bigger and bigger. Even if it's a smaller crack and it doesn't look like that big of a deal at the beginning, all of a sudden people are falling and slipping and eating shit inside this crack. That's what's gonna happen. So the first time it's brought up, is when you say, let's do this now. You don't have to go for 10 months. You don't have to go for this long thing. But going in preventatively, just like Dean just said, like I think it is also a commitment. I care about you. I care about the same thing about my health. If I don't take care of my body in certain ways, well, what's going to happen? It's going to get harder and harder to do and come back from once I sort of let it go. I think some of the toughest times to do that, right, that we tend to,
4: right, if we get into a fight, say like, oh, we should go to therapy to help, us really figure this out. But I think it's even tougher when you're not talking about things, right? When you, when there's tension in the relationship, Mm -hmm. but no one's talking, we always talk about as couples therapists so much easier when a couple comes in and they're fighting than when a couple comes in and they're not talking at all. And they're like, everything's fine. Right. So I think that that can make it even more challenging when you're not talking, but you know, you need to talk about some of these things to be able to say, let's go into couples therapy so we can have someone mediate this because it can be scary.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. Um, what, what about what do you guys have to say to people, whether they're looking for solo counseling or uh, couples counseling or anything like that? I think one of the things that make people so nervous is like, how do they find it? How do they go about it? Like, what does the process look like? So what do you what kind of advice do you have for people that are like nervous about even starting it for the first time and not even like about finding a therapist, which I'm sure you guys could go on and on about, but like people that have considered it, but maybe haven't followed through with the, the action yet.
4: I, I think one of the things that we see is that sometimes people will go in for a therapy session with a therapist, have, don't have a connection with them and then write off therapy mm. for the rest of time, right? Like, oh, I went, to, I tried therapy. It didn't work. When we talk about your relationship with your therapist is the most important predictor of therapeutic success. So you have to find someone who's the right fit. We almost talk about it in terms of dating, right? Like there are certain people you're going to connect with and other people you're not going to connect with. And it's so important to find a therapist that you feel a connection with. Sometimes you can hit it off off the bat. Sometimes it takes a few sessions, but we recommend you know, having initial consultation calls just so you can see if you connect with the person and if they work with what you're looking to come in for.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And
4: so that can take time. It can be intimidating. Ask friends if they have therapists that they would recommend, right? Some people rave about their therapists. Anyone have a friend that they're like talk about their therapist like they're their friend?
1: <laughs> I've I've never Everyone had a pers- close personal connection with a therapist before. I've always I, I guess I've always kind of walked in and looked at, the, at them as like a like a like a like authority figure in a sense, you know? So it's hard for me to like lean in and be friendly with them.
4: Yeah, so that's that That is why we started our practice, because we have gone and had therapeutic experiences where the therapist very much had that clinical wall. You looked at them as like in this one-up position. And we really believe that if you have a therapist who you can relate to, who you can connect with, that that is really going to help you more so in therapy than someone who is an authority figure who has this clinical wall. And so that's something that we really preach at our practice yeah that's good I
3: think it's one of those things also if you a lot of people feel this about doctors right like especially if we when we talk about um the sex education side of it if people like they go in and the doctor's like well do you have any unprotected sex and you're like no no never me never raw dogged in my life but like (laughs) come on you did and we need to know that information to test for certain stuff right so like part of this is also but if I see you as this like old dude that like freaks me out and like I think you're gonna shame me if I say I've had unprotected sex which is just like Kind of part of the human experience, like you're not this horrible person. You just made a decision, but when we don't, when we can't admit that stuff to the person who's supposed to be there to help us, they actually can't do their job properly either. Mm -hmm. So if you feel so uncomfortable, same thing, like you know, and like everyone kind of lies on things, like how many times a week do you drink? Like you know, like all of these things that we like don't really tell the truth on. When we see people as this really hierarchical thing, you're the authority figure, you're on top, you're on part of this. I'm not going to go and be honest with you. Yeah. And guess what? I can't do my job as well if I don't know what's going on. There is only so much I can do if you're telling me, oh, well, we don't actually ever fight ever, but also you haven't had sex in 10 months, and you fight every day, and also I I tell you nothing about myself and I fucking hate you. You know, like I can't really do as much to help you then.
2: Go to Walmart.com slash Black & Unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine.
1: True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard.
2: The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Find Love at First Sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.
5: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away.
1: I remember one of my first coming, uh, coming to Jesus moments with my therapist, I started therapy when I was like 26. Well, I've been in and out as a teenager and stuff, but I, I self-admitted when I was 26 for the first time I like made the decision myself. And I remember one of my sessions, I lied to my therapist about something (laughs) like pretty early on, like maybe it was like session six or something like that. And I like took a step back and I was like, I just lied to the, to the person that I should be able to like be perfectly honest with because they're trying to help me in a lot of ways. And, uh, and then I stopped seeing her because I was like, if I don't feel comfortable to tell her all the truths that I need to tell her to get off like my chest, then maybe this isn't really going to go how I need it to go. Um, so that's great. Exactly. I love that you guys are, are knocking down those walls and are allowing people to do that because I think it's so important. And it's like, if you're not willing to tell the truth to the person that's like there to help you, then like, what else are you like hiding from yourself, I guess, in a lot of ways. So
4: exact. And I, I think that's a question, right? If you find yourself lying to your therapist to say, what's going on for me? Like, what's my fear? Is it, is it that I fear that this person will judge me? Is that coming from a sense of, I feel that in every relationship, or is that coming from, okay, I don't have a connection with this therapist. I don't feel comfortable with them because sometimes the relationship that we have with our therapist is reflected in all of our relationships. And that's something you can really work on in the context of Mm -hmm. therapy. Um, But that's a question to ask yourself. If you find yourself lying to your therapist, say like, what? where was that coming from for me? Mm -hmm. And it's something, if you feel comfortable enough with your therapist that you can process through with your therapist in your next session. Like,
3: hey, I lied to you about this. I don't know why. I think we should talk about it. And I, I think especially with couples, especially when the fighting is maybe what we deem as unhealthy fighting, right? Where like there's a lot of screaming or there's aggression or I throw a glass at the wall. There's so much shame of what this person's gonna think about me. And the thing is that like, We've heard it all. And like really, truly, if you're feeling judged by your therapist, like if they say stuff, don't see them. They suck. Like that's like it. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to like, you're actually paying this person. They work for you. So it doesn't mean that they have to be nice to you and like co-sign all your stuff. Like our job is to tell you the truth. And sometimes that sucks to hear. But if you feel like you can't be honest about what's actually happening, it's not the right fit. But the reality is, is that sometimes stuff is dirty fighting. Yeah. Sometimes things are so bad and I'm passive aggressive and i mean to you and I shove you and I don't sleep with you and I use it as threats. And like these are very real things that we have to talk about more. But we're so worried that that makes us evil or bad or for women crazy or for guys, boys, or right? any of the other things that we've sort of made into. We got to come back to like being honest about how real this is. the The amount of times clients will come in and say, this is going to sound so
4: crazy (laughs) and it never sounds crazy. crazy. (laughs)
3: Never,
4: never. 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 But people, people feel so much shame or they, there's, they, you, you build stuff up so much in your head, but there's something that's so healing about saying it out loud to another person who's saying like, no, that's actually very human. That's, you know, it's very natural. But
1: also like if you say something truthful and the response is not what you expected, because it's like what you did was messed up. That probably just means what you did is like the wrong thing to be doing. And so maybe just like stop doing I, that and figure out and get to the bottom how to fix it, which I think is super important. There's
3: there's two phrases that I think are really important for us all to hear, which is one is normal marital hatred. And that's from Terry Real, who is a great author, um, wrote the first book on male depression, but he talks a lot about relationships. And one is normal marital hatred. We talk about normal relational hatred. It's actually normal to hate your spouse sometimes and your partner.
1: What Can you explain that a little it bit is. more? Because uh, that's interesting. It's
3: normal. There's if I spend my time with someone, if I am with someone for I've been married for five years, I've been with my partner for 12. I hate him sometimes. <laughs> we have a child together. There's annoying shit he does. And I could guarantee you if he was here right now, he'd say, I hate you sometimes. <laughs> that does not mean we're bad together. It means that we're human. And so when we can normalize this, that like the thing about marriage is like it isn't so easy and pretty and perfect. It's actually really, really hard hard and if we keep thinking that it's so easy and great all the time we think that we're the ones failing when it's not always like that that's the toxic positivity and then the other phrase that i think is important for us to hear is that something that your therapist might do to you is what's not very popular is appropriate shaming which is if you tell me that you're hurting and abusing other people i'm going to tell you it's fucked up mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you it's abuse. I'm going to call you out because it's my job to be honest. And maybe no one said that to you before. So that might feel shameful, but sometimes there is behavior that is abusive, harmful behavior that we should hear about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think people get caught up too, especially with like the social media and everything. They see all these perfect relationships and they compare their relationship exactly. to that. And, like, yeah.
3: And people
4: will always say, right? Like if it's right, then it's going to be easy. Or like when you, you just know when you know. Yeah. Right. And that's, we don't really believe in that, that that takes, you know, it takes, it really takes work in a relationship no matter what. It's just going to happen. There are always things that are going to be brought up in your relationship that you have to work on.
0: So what's your advice to people who are working kind of on a budget right now? Because obviously you have to pay for therapy. And so when somebody says, Hey, I'm in a relationship, I'm not sure if we need therapy, but it's always good to work on ourselves. What would your advice be if, well, you guys should go every six months or uh, check up every year? Is this like a doctor's appointment? I'm not being facetious. I'm just asking.
3: No, I mean, so the one thing I would say is that, like, what can you do at home? All of the top couples therapists in the world have written books. Yes, read them. Hmm. They read have them together, podcasts. Right, Listened. you can read like a chapter. Yep. A night. I don't know how much people so are reading. I would reading say the reality night, is. But- it is expensive, and it's also very hard. We're also currently in the midst of a mental health crisis in this country. So lines to to use your insurance, it's unbelievable right now. I mean, people have our – we have a company. We have 30 clinicians. We just got down from our wait list. We had a three-month wait list, right? Wow. There is a lot going on. Tons of people need help, and it's expensive, and it's hard to find. But there are free resources, books you can read together, podcasts you can listen together, e-courses I, I online I was just
0: about to say listen to Shrink Chicks
3: you can listen you to go. Shrink Chicks but there are e-courses tons of therapists have put out free worksheets and therapists are putting tons of free
5: out. yeah, out free is-
3: content follow all the therapy podcasts and so
4: the Instagrams
5: thing-
3: it's
4: not it it. listen it's not personalized there are things that that cannot give to you but if you're on a budget and it's it's all you have then you can absolutely collect resources that are free and you and the two of you can work on together yeah
3: yeah. So, but you asked a question, which is like, how often should you go in? I don't think you need to go in all the time just for fun. But like I said, the first time we say just for fun, just for fun, like it's a blast. It's, just like spend, you know, Can't $200 wait. for fun. Um, you know, like what, but what I do think is when it, the first time it said is we could use a therapist. That's when you go in first time, because guess what? If you go in the first time, you're not in it for a year. Yeah. You're in and out. When you wait seven years to come in and you have three kids and there was so much resentment and so much stuff that's not been said, it's going to take a lot longer. So it's one of those things. Do we, right? If you if you hurt yourself, you break an ankle and then you keep working out on it. What's going to happen?
1: <laughs> it's going to get worse. It's
3: going to take a lot. It's going to get worse and worse and worse, worse right? And so worse, you don't think worse. it's like, oh, I have to go in <laughs> once a year. But I do think you should do every month something for your relationship. Every month. Okay. There you go. For a lot of people, especially who have kids, they try to do a two-two-two rule, which means that I go on a date night every two weeks, I go on a night away every two months, and I go on a trip, like a really big trip away, every two years. So that's like a thing that people do. So there's all these things that we can do. Ah, So many options of maintenance.
1: Okay. I hope I hope the two-two-two rule. uh, We can make that uh, more happen more often. You know, if you can, that'd be great. Ideally, obviously, if you can. Um, yes. Of
0: course. Well,
1: you guys, thank you so much for joining us for the listeners out there. This was Emily and Jen. Be sure to listen to their podcast, Shrink Chicks. Where can we listen to it on Spotify? Where else?
3: On everything. everything, all the amazing places. iHeartRadio, Spotify, app, any place you get a podcast, you can find. Trink well, Chicks I'll there.
1: tell you what. You got three new listeners here between me, Jared, and Anna. So I'm sure, hopefully, someone. Are, are amazing. Oh, oh, and yes, Dawson, and and Dawson, Dawson. thank course. you. Hopefully, some number of our sucky one, data number
3: one listener right
1: there. Hopefully, some <laughs> of suck army decides to listen too. it. Sounds like there's a lot to learn just from listening to you guys. Um, you guys were great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, Thanks thank for having you. us. Take care. Literally <laughs>
1: anytime you guys <laughs> want to come back, we're always happy to have you. So. We're here for Thanks. it. We're here. Thank you guys so much for imparting your wisdom. See Bye, you.
4: guys. Take See care. You. Thank you.
1: Bye. Well, that's interesting. Did you guys get anything out of that? Yeah. I got did. A lot out of it. I mean, you got some bounces on Dawson. Yeah. Anna, how about you? Would you and Chris ever do couples therapy? Or is it it's way too soon for that, obviously? Oh, yeah.
6: Well, I, you said, would we? Yeah. yeah I think yeah, we're yeah. both big fans of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and early on in our relationship, like seeking outside help was. Destigmatized for us completely especially coming from the show i think almost everyone who's been on the show has sought after therapy yeah. at one point in time uh, so yeah no 100 nice
1: i love it yeah i mean I, I, I like i said i think only good things can come from it and people need to realize that too it's nothing nothing's bad is going to come from it only good things really come from it so the only bad thing i guess is the the, the chunk that gets taken out of your, your wallet every once in a while but whatever that is what it is i
6: wish we could have i wish we could have asked if they've seen any relationships that they're like no you oh, should yeah. be done or like at what point are relationships yeah. done especially in the dating world mm. when you haven't made that commitment yet are there things that happen that's like i may love you but this won't work
1: true right like long distance or something we get a lot of long distance questions uh or even yeah like fights you know or like even we could have gotten input on like the amber heard johnny depp thing or something like that i don't know that would have been interesting oh, oh yeah. god <laughs> um but you guys, thank you so much. Very interesting. Thanks for thanks for co-hosting this episode with me. And yeah, um, Anna, we look to I'm gonna follow you on Instagram right now. I'm gonna look for the updates from you and Chris uh, as often as you guys are willing to post them. Um can't wait for the There's a lot. <laughs> Can't wait for the engagement. Oh god. <laughs> Would you ever propose to Chris or are you expecting him to propose to you?
6: Oh no. Oh my God. We right when we saw the Thomas Becca thing we love that for them. I love whatever any couple needs, but we look at each other and we go, that will never be us. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I like the tradition. I want a big fat ring. I want you to make a big deal out of wanting to be with me for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's, so.
1: that's fair. I saw that. And I was like, those sons of bitches, they took my idea. So it's what we had. opposite yeah. reactions to it.
6: <laughs> You'll be like, we'll have to have- think. about Yeah,
1: that's going to do it. And you rock. Thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Thank you to the sucky daters out there for listening to us. Be sure to tune in on Sunday where maybe we suck just a little bit
0: less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock.
2: On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles.
0: With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black Lead products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you
1: can level up your daily routine with black Lead products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart.
2: Trust. You don't want to miss it.
0: Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too.
2: Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.
1: Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name.